98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive says the SAR has an image problem and blames some Hong Kongers for driving other people from the city. The government considers ordering teachers and people who work with the elderly to get vaccinated or pay for tests. And Variety reports that the Cannes Film Festival plans to screen a controversial documentary, Revolution of Our Times. The chief executive says in a question and answer session at LegCo that Hong Kong needs to fix its negative image, complaining that some people are driving others away from the city. Priscilla Ng reports. A top concern among lawmakers is when the border with the mainland will be fully reopened. Carrie Lam said conditions to do so aren't quite right yet, and the city needs to boost its vaccination rate first. And without naming any names, Mrs. Lam said some people are driving others away from the city. She spoke through an interpreter. For a long time in the past few years, there have been people in Hong Kong who were actually driving away visitors from Hong Kong. There were people who wanted to come to Hong Kong for travel or business, but then they had very poor impression of Hong Kong when they came here. So if we want to strive for more policy support from the CBG in helping our tourism and retail sector, we must first improve our own image. We want to change the negative perception mainly people have on Hong Kong. Tourism sector lawmaker UC Wing asked the CE to address comments by the Secretary for Labor and Welfare that those working in the sector should consider looking for other jobs. La Chi Kuang said the pandemic will last for a few more years and the government cannot keep subsidizing the tourism sector. Responding to the lawmaker, Mrs. Lam said the tourism industry is one of the key pillars of the SAR's economy and the sector has a rosy future. Carrie Lam also told lawmakers that the administration is considering whether to require teachers and those working with the elderly to get vaccinated against COVID-19 or face compulsory tests at their own expense. That story from Violet Wong. The chief executive said the government has already told some 64,000 civil servants who have frontline duties to get vaccinated that accounted for more than a third of the city's civil servants. Mrs. Lam said more than 70% of those frontline staff have had the jabs, with the rest undergoing regular COVID-19 tests. And the requirement would apply to teachers and those who work with the elderly in future. The CE spoke through an interpreter. To further expand the scope, then the rate will further improve. And we are thinking of asking people to pay for their regular tests. We need to provide both a carrot and a stick. You can call incentive or a penalty. This is our strategy. But Mrs. Lamb ruled out compulsory vaccinations, at least for now, saying that would be bound to cause controversy. She said the government will keep monitoring the situation to see whether more stringent measures are needed at some stage to help build up a vaccine firewall. Variety has reported that the Cannes Film Festival has made a last-minute decision to screen Revolution of Our Times about the Hong Kong protests tomorrow. The decision is expected to anger the central and Hong Kong governments. Natalie Ching reports. Revolution of Our Times isn't the first documentary to chronicle recent social unrest in Hong Kong. Anders Hammer's Do Not Split was nominated for an Oscar this year. That nomination angered Beijing, and for the first time in more than half a century, the Academy Awards were not screened in Hong Kong. 
The central government was also angered by four nominations this year for Chinese-born director Chloe Zhao, who has been accused of criticizing China. Revolution of Our Times was made by Kiwi Chow and focuses on the now-withdrawn extradition bill which sparked widespread protests and on the enactment of the national security law last year. Mr. Chow thanked Cannes organizers for holding the world premiere of his documentary and said it would be a comfort to many Hong Kongers living in fear. Variety predicted that Cannes' decision to screen the film would, at the very least, trigger a diplomatic complaint from the central and Hong Kong governments. The European Commission says it's begun legal proceedings against Hungary and Poland over measures that target LG, LBGT people. The Commission said it's issuing a formal notice to Hungary over a recent law that bans the depiction or so-called promotion of homosexuality and gender change to under-18s. It said it's sending a similar notice to Poland over some regions and municipalities declaring themselves LGBT-free. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. GDP figures that fail to meet expectations could pave the way for more stimulus measures for the world's second largest economy. That's according to the ANZ's chief Greater China economist, Raymond Yung, after China posted 7.9% growth for the second quarter, slightly lower than analysts' forecast and down significantly from the 18.3% expansion in the first quarter. The uh, PBOC, the People's Bank of China, already uh, stated that the uh, monetary policy has returned to normal. The term normal, what they mean is that they will switch from the COVID reaction or responding mode back to 2019. Now, if we look at 2018 to 2019, the monetary policy has been very selfish. The uh, central banks cut reserve requirement ratio a couple of times and uh, also inject liquidity in order to cope with the uh, deteriorating the external environment when the trade war uh, intensified in those two years. So we, it seems to us that uh, given that the uncertainty remains high in the second half of the year and the Chinese central banks will still be adopting this type of dovish mode. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says Hong Kong's bribery laws should never cover the city's leader, adding that her successes shouldn't amend the laws either, as this would undermine the chief executive's constitutional responsibility. Wendy Wong reports. Carrie Lam had promised during her election campaign in 2017 that she would amend Section 3 and 8 of the Prevention of Bribery Ordinance to cover the chief executive. At the end of last year, she said she wouldn't be able to fulfill that promise during her term of office. She said future administrations could look at the issue again if they could come up with ideas on how to amend the laws without hindering the CE's ability to discharge the duties. But speaking during a question-and-answer session in the Legislative Council, Mrs Lam said she wouldn't amend the laws, and future CEs should not try to do so either. She said the chief executive was above the judiciary, the executive and the legislature, while being accountable to the central government as well as the SAR government. She said that while LegCo may have attempted to pass bills to undermine the CE's position, she wouldn't be doing anything of the sort. I said that I would amend the uh, provision of primary ordinance to make sessions 3 and 8 applicable to the chief executive. But I haven't done so. I'm not going to do so. And I think this should not be done by the future chief executive because uh, this is an affront to the constitutional position of the chief executive. A pro-government lawmaker has expressed support for anti-doxing legislation while a journalist group has raised concerns ahead of its introduction in LegCo next week. Jimmy Choi reports. 
BPA legislator Priscilla Lung, who's also a barrister, says she's been doxxed before and understands the need to protect people's privacy. She dismisses any suggestion that if online platforms self-censor to play safe in future, that would amount to undermining freedom of expression. Even for printed copies of newspaper, the editor-in-chief, the writer, the sender of the message have to be careful of the messages they write and they have to take due care. If you want to have your freedom of speech to be protected, not to be taken away by other people casually, you need to obey law. Ms Lern is also defending the plan to allow the Privacy Commissioner to order the arrest of doxing suspects without a court warrant. I believe it must have harmed certain victims to a certain extent that it may go beyond ordinary defamatory remark or lower the reputation of someone or even psychological harm. Like maybe if they continue, the person may commit suicide. Meanwhile, the Hong Kong Journalists Association says it doesn't oppose the government's move to curb doxing and protect people's privacy. And journalists have also fallen victim to doxing in the past. The association says it also welcomes the government's plan to introduce a defence for journalists carrying out news reporting. But Ronson Chan, the chairman of the association, says he's concerned about whether the authorities will use a strict definition of news reporting when it comes to enforcing the law, resulting in certain news reports being deemed to be doxing. We are worried about how the law enforced. For example, how the law enforcement agency uh, treat uh, the media work or journalistic work, how they define it. And we hope that the government, for example, the privacy commissioner, could give us more information about legislature and have a more detailed uh, consultation with us so we can learn more what will happen soon. The association also said it hopes authorities will enforce the law impartially and it won't just be used to target government opponents. Lingnan University Students' Union has accused the school of suppression after it announced it will no longer collect membership fees on behalf of the student body. Here's Wendy Wong. Ningnan University says it came to the decision after receiving complaints from parents and students that bundling union fees together with tuition fees was misleading and inappropriate. The Students' Union says the move is unacceptable and ridiculous. It says its operations will be seriously affected as it doesn't have information on members. The union says the university has been using various administrative means to undermine its financial stability and increase its workload. This, it says, is part of efforts to reduce the union's influence. The student's body says it will strive to serve students despite these difficulties. The row is the latest to break out between local universities and the students' unions, with some distancing themselves from the student groups and others severing ties completely. The University of Hong Kong has reportedly ordered its students' union to move out of building on campus within the week after announcing it will no longer recognize the union. The union's council has passed a motion expressing sadness over the death of a man who stabbed a policeman on July the 1st and saying it appreciates his sacrifice. The motion has since been withdrawn and the union has apologized. But earlier this week, the chief executive called on the university to take action against the student leaders. Carrie Lam said she was extremely angry and ashamed that student representatives passed such a motion. A 47-year-old woman has been sentenced to life imprisonment after she was found guilty of shooting to death two of her elderly relatives at Quarry Bay Park three years ago over a family dispute. Violet Wong reports. A seven-member High Court jury made the unanimous decision following a five-hour discussion. 
It also convicted Ada Zim of shooting two other relatives with the intention to cause them serious bodily harm. The court earlier heard that the 47-year-old Zim had pulled out a gun and shot the four victims at Quarry Bay Park in June 2018. It was also told that the former bodyguard had disagreed with her aunts and uncles over the way a property matter was handled, while two of the victims, a 75-year-old man and a 63-year-old woman, survived their injuries. The other two, aged 80 and 62, died in the attack. In wrapping up the 10-day trial, Judge Maggie Poon had instructed the jurors to consider whether Zim had lost her self-control and had been unable to make reasonable judgments due to her drug addiction and serious depression. Overseas now, and more than 30 people have died in western Germany as parts of the region suffer the worst flood since records began. Several dozen, dozen others are missing. The states of North Rhine-Westphalia and Rhineland-Palatinate are the worst hit, with rivers bursting their banks. The BBC's Damien McGuinness reports. These are the worst floods to hit this part of western Germany in living memory. Buildings collapsed and cars were swept away as roads turned into raging rivers. Entire villages were evacuated, but some places were cut off, with dozens of people trapped on the roofs of their houses waiting for rescue. Almost 150,000 homes lost electricity, and across Germany, traffic and rail transport is heavily disrupted. Over the past 24 hours, this densely populated region saw record levels of rainfall. A senior Afghan official says the Taliban have proposed a three-month ceasefire in return for the release of about 7,000 prisoners. Nadir Nadiri, a government negotiator involved in peace talks, said the insurgents also wanted the names of Taliban leaders to be removed from a UN blacklist. The BBC's Lise Doucette reports from Kabul. This offer from the Taliban comes at a time when they're making unexpectedly rapid gains across the country, overrunning districts and taking control of border crossings. Sources say the proposal is closer to what's known here as a reduction in violence, not a full ceasefire, which the Taliban have wanted to avoid. The Afghan government, as well as many Afghans, have long called for an end to violence to ease Afghanistan's painful suffering. But the Taliban's conditions will be hard to accept. Sport Now and organisers of the Tokyo Olympics say one athlete and five workers have tested positive for coronavirus just over a week before the opening ceremony. They didn't disclose details about the athlete. Separately, a staff member of the Russian rugby team was hospitalised after testing positive in Munakata in western Japan and eight staff at a hotel hosting Brazil's judo team were also infected. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The chief executive says the SAR has an image problem and the government considers ordering teachers and people who work with the elderly to get vaccinated. A quick look at the weather. It'll become cloudy with a few showers, temperatures between 28 and 33 degrees tomorrow, and the weather will be unsettled with occasional showers over the weekend. Please, be remi- please remember the very hot weather warning remains in force. It's 30 degrees Celsius and the humidity is 74%. The news from RTHK.
When first I saw the love light in your eyes I thought the world held not but joy for me And even though we've drifted far apart I never dreamed but what I dreamed I love you as I've never loved before Since first I saw you on the village green Come to me in my dreams of love alone I love you as I love you when you are sweet, when you are sweet, sixteen. From the 70s into our second hour this Thursday evening, The Furies with Davy Arthur and When You Were Sweet 16. By the way, if you like a song of your own, it's dead easy to get in touch. Just send me an email, Radio Pete at Gmail. Joe Norman Trading. I am not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. East or West. Where's the best for romancing? With a friend, I can smile, but with a 